little unusual word today because it will be, yes, discerning our times a bit, but I feel that I'm to give a strategy of Holy Spirit for this moment, a strategy. So it, it will be a word with strategy for our times, for this moment. Um, I awakened with Philippians chapter one, the first couple of verses going off in my spirit this morning. So I'm going to begin there. Uh, and I had them get it on the screen for you. Philippians chapter one, in verse one and two, the Passion Bible, this is spoken to, remember, it's spoken to the ecclesia, not just a, the church as we have tended to think of church. This word is to the ecclesia. All of the epistles were written from uh, that perspective. The apostle said to the church, the ecclesia in Galatia, the church in, in Ephesus, the church in Philadelphia, the church in the, the this one's to the Philippine, uh, Philippians. Um, to the church, the ecclesia. My name is Paul and I'm joined by Timothy, both of us servants of Jesus, the anointed one. We write this letter to all his devoted followers in your city, including your pastors and all the servant leaders of the church or the ecclesia. May the blessings of divine grace and supernatural peace that flow from God, our wonderful Father, and Messiah, the Lord Jesus, be upon your lives. He starts, he starts this letter to the ecclesia, the ruling and reigning church. Remember, that's what it's referring to. It's a church that Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 23 calls the body of Christ. Jesus is the head, the church is, is his body. We're here to do what the head says. We're here to say what the head says. We are here to, to do the same works that he does. We're here to fulfill his definition of the true church, which he gave in Matthew 16, 18 and 19. I will build my ecclesia and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, and I will give it the keys to the kingdom. And whatever it binds on earth or forbids on earth or permits on earth will be bound in heaven. The Greek text I have given many times, but here and in this context, our king actually said it this way, whatever you at any time encounter, of hell's counsels that I am determined my ecclesia will prevail or overcome, prevail against, you will then face a decision as to whether you will or will not bind it, forbid or permit it. What transpires is conditional to your response of forbidding or per permitting. What transpires is conditional to my ecclesia's response, if you do purposefully and consciously involve yourself in binding the issue on earth or loosing it, you will find at that future moment 
when you do. My entire kingdom will back you. That is the Godhead, that is angel armies, that's the entire kingdom will back you. We're here to fulfill that definition and it's never been uh, more uh, in time with the times as it is now. This particular ecclesia is important as we begin because it speaks into, I believe, our moment in a special way. This ecclesia begins as a result of a dream, a vision in the night that Paul had. He was wondering, where do I go next? What am I going to do? Where am I to go? And in the night time, he has a dream and the dreams are just very important to apostles and prophets. Um, as we are seeing in our times. But in this dream, he, he sees a man in the dream saying, come over to Macedonia. Come here and help us. Come here and help us. And of course, he woke up and knew that that is where, where he was to go. And of course, he did go there and he begins an ecclesia in Philippi. This particular passage is written to this letter. He goes to Philippi and he begins with a small handful of people and he begins an ecclesia. This particular prison, uh, uh, letter is written from, from prison. It was, it was in Philippi that Paul and Silas were arrested and they were thrown into jail. And they were beaten to within an inch of their lives for their stand for the cause of Christ. It was, it was here at Philippi that that took place. And they were thrown in the inner hold of the prison down in the bottom level where the sewage ran through. They threw them in beaten and unconscious. But we are told that these passionate men, these passionate uh, apostles with great tenacity awoken and around midnight, they begin to sing praises to the living God. And it touched God so much and the Holy Spirit so much that the power was released that actually shook that prison. And it shook the prison doors loose and they, they were set free from the prison cell, they were freed. You would think that these, two, that these two apostles would say, thank God we're out of here. But no, on their way out, they said, this guy doesn't know Jesus, the jailer. And they stopped and they led him to Christ. Many historians believe he was the man in the dream. Come and help us. There are people that are jailed, that are, that are working the prisons of this world that are about to be transformed. But it was this ecclesia. It was this ecclesia that Paul goes to and he meets a lady named Lydia. Lydia happened to be very wealthy and she had an import-export type Business. She was a seller of purple. Um, she was. She was. She had this ability to to make money, and he meets her there, and she funds the rest of the work there and the ecclesias that he would go to. But it was also there 
that Paul begins to teach the ecclesia something so important for our times now. He began to say, yes, you have a natural life and yes, you should live it according to the, to the, to the word of the living God, but you must understand you also along with that have a calling invested in you. Every one of you, every heir has a calling invested in, in your life to represent Jesus that he began to teach here in Philippi. But it was also there that Paul taught that the ecclesia, and he teaches us to this day, Philippians 1, 6, he that has begun a good work in you will complete it or will fulfill it until the day he comes. He will finish the work that he has begun in your life. But Paul uses phrasing, he uses words that were originally used by Moses in Genesis chapter one and verse two. It's a striking thing of the Greek language of the Greek text here. He uses the, the phraseology used in Genesis chapter one when God said, or when God created the heavens and the earth and he said, that's good. He created the animal kingdom and he said, that's good. He created, he created uh, vegetation, the trees, and he, he created it all. And he said, that's good. And here Paul says, there was a time when he recreated you. There was a time when you received Jesus as your Lord and your, your Savior. And when you embraced that, a creation took place inside of you. And as soon as it took place, Father God said, good, good, that's good. To every single one of you, he did not say flawed, condemned, guilty, good. I put good things in them. I put a good calling in their life. I put good intention inside of them. And Paul is the first one to tell us that there is a call on you to do the good that God has put inside of you. Every single one of us, not just live a natural earthly life, but there comes a time when the calling deep inside of you that is good, that is affirmed by the Father. He says, I'm calling it out. Every single person that has received Jesus has had this announcement. Good, good. But also, he talks about the enemies that we have. And he goes down to verse 28, Philippians 1, 28. And here's where we learn something else coming out of the call of God. And I hope you hear it today, Philippians 1, 28, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition, but to you of salvation from God. The New Living Translation reads, don't be intimidated. No, you've been built different. You've been built different. 
There's a different call upon you as a son, as an heir. You've been pronounced as a son, a daughter, and it's good. Don't be intimidated any way, in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed and that you are going to be saved even by God himself. Father God, who pronounced you good. Father God, who pronounced you an heir. Father God, who said, my son, my daughter. Father God is going to save you. He's going to destroy the enemies through his life in you, through you, Christ's body. Amplified. And do not for a moment be frightened or intimidated in anything by your opponents and adversaries for such constancy and fearlessness will be a clear sign, a proof and a seal to them of their impending destruction, but a sure token and evidence of your, ad, of your de deliverance and salvation and that from God. He says in nothing heirs, those that have a call as well as the natural life to live. He says, in nothing terrified by your adversaries. Nothing simply means no thing. Nothing, no, no thing. Nothing is the Greek word medice. And medice means not even one. It is actually the Greek number for zero. So in zero... Be terrified by your adversaries. Whether those adversaries be human, whether they be media, whether they be in culture, whether they be government, whether they be religious, whether they be big tech, whether they be demonic, humanist, socialist, wokeness, Nazis, nothing. Nothing heirs, nothing, 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 no, no thing. The word terrified is the Greek word peturo. And peturo means scared or it means frightened. It means intimidated, but it is the Greek word for bully or bullied. In zero, bullied by your adversaries. In zero, be intimidated by the devil. In no way be scared of him. Do not let him bully you. Do not let anything bully you. Don't let anyone he uses bully you. In this fierce war season, in this season of reset, we must display a strong faith that cannot be bullied. We cannot be bullied. Some four years or so ago now, I was pondering and seeking the Lord for strategies for our times. It's, it's something that, it's just the way I live. I, I wake up at night and I start to listen. What, what are you saying? I want the present word of the Lord. Yes, we, 
yes, we hear all the words of the Lord and we, we study the Bible and we, we apply what Holy Spirit says, but, but we must hear the present word of the Lord too. It's strategic and, and we have to listen for it. And I'm constantly thinking, what is your present word? What are you saying right now? And I was thinking about what Holy Spirit is doing in opening up a new ear because that's what this is about. It's not just a new season. This is a new era that we are now in. And I was thinking about this new era and I began to think about the angel armies that have now been given to, to the remnant and a now... Uh, uh, now has been that now has been formed an active, active ecclesia, a ruling and reigning church that is moving in power and glory and greater authority than has ever been seen in history. And as I was pondering all of this just a few years ago now, I began to pray about this in the Holy Spirit, pray in the language of of Holy Spirit, the government language of our kingdom. And as I prayed with the language of the Holy Spirit, I began considering the, the first ecclesia that was ever built, which was Acts chapter two. And I began to see many of the precedents then that are now happening in our times. And then, and this is, this is a bit unusual for me, but then I began to interpret what I, I was praying in the spirit. This was not a corporate meeting. I was by myself. So it wasn't like tongues come and you interpret. I'm by myself. So rarely does this happen. But I begin to interpret what I was praying in the Holy Ghost. And the ending part of the interpretation was the apostles prayer in Acts chapter four and verse 29. It was just rising up out of me in this interpretation. Grant that great boldness would be upon me to preach your word and that signs and wonders would be done in the holy name of your holy child, Jesus. Grant that great boldness would come upon us and grant that it was constantly just rising up and repeating the first ecclesia actually prayed for boldness to confront adversarial culture, adversarial government, adversarial religion. And we need the exact same things right now. We need an anointing of boldness in this September because we are not going to change this nation with passive, nominal, indifferent, scared, wimpy Christianity. We're not going to preserve our culture with politi politically correct, compromised truth. We're not going to see a billion soul harvest with a pablum gospel. We're not going to win the attack against hell's kingdom with reticent, uncertain, or hesitant action. We need to receive the anointing of unintimidated boldness. Well, after praying, uh, Lord, give us boldness, fearless confidence, and to, to declare your word and to stand for it. 
Give us miracles, God. Give us signs and wonders. Display visibly your power. I then began to pray a very simple prayer asking Holy Spirit, what are you saying right now? Not tomorrow, today. What are you saying today? What are you doing right now? What is the Godhead up to today? I made it very, very specific. And usually when I pray these kinds of prayers, which I do, I, I wake up praying that kind of a prayer. It's just how I live. I, I've learned that that's, that's my calling. Usually there's a time of seeking and knocking and seeking and knocking, sometimes for an hour or two. Sometimes it's all day. Sometimes it's, it's a week and I'm pressing and sometimes it's longer than that. I'm pressing and I'm pressing. I know there's a word there. I know, I know there is something there. And that's just the way that we have to live right now. Things are so fluid that often we talk or who I run with, the apostles, I run with Dutch others. And we say, what, what's next? I don't know. What's coming next? I don't know. We have to just stay in that listening. Somebody will hear it and we'll proclaim it. Somebody will hear it, it'll come. What's the present word? And we're following along, it's a trust time. We have to follow along, trusting. He's gonna do what he said and he will lead us along and for whatever reason, he's telling us as we come to it and we come to a moment today where he's telling us something else. I've heard it and I'll, I'll get there, just be patient, okay? Uh, but I, I live that way and, and it's not laborious. I love it. But this time was different. This time he answered me immediately and there was a boldness in his voice that I, I reckon, recognized instantly. Years ago, I, I tried to train myself that way to listen to the uh, inflection in Holy Spirit's voice because it came to mind one, one day, this is 30 some years ago probably now, that when you talk to people, you can tell by their voice meanings. It's easier if you know them well. I mean, I can tell what Carol's meaning in the inflection of her voice, easy because of relationship, but that's true. And I thought, Holy Spirit communicates all the time. I need to learn the inflections of Holy Spirit. And I began to listen and he, he began to allow me to understand that. I was like, oh, he's saying this. And, and I wouldn't just think about what it said, uh, he said, I would think about how he said that. I was, I was thinking, oh, this is, this is interesting. This is teaching me. And I began to pick up on the inflections of his voice. And what I normally hear him or how I normally hear him, I didn't this time. This time was different. This time there was a boldness in what he said that I recognized instantly. There was a conviction, there was a determination in, in his voice that I, 
I picked up on instantly and I could feel it. And I knew what it meant. I picked up on it and I'll never forget, I was on my way to a conference at, uh, in Dallas. And I remember it so clearly because I said, Holy Spirit, today, what's, what's today? Give me your word today. And Holy Spirit instantly said, we are preparing to show the world the strength of the Lord of hosts. He's tired of his sons and daughters being bullied. And soon, soon was emphasized. Soon the strong arm of the Lord will be seen overpowering and defeating the forever loser through a functioning ecclesia. Well, that had my attention. Again, this is four years or more ago. I believe the soon that he said then is now today. I believe it's today. At least it's accelerating right now. He said, we're preparing the Godhead. We're preparing to do this. Now, of course, even before that, I had learned that that preparation had begun some 70 years ago now from 1950 until 1990. Holy Spirit had begun to reintroduce the fivefold ministry as taught by the apostles, as taught by the church in the book of Acts to include apostles and prophets. Up until then, they had been excluded. You didn't hear anything about apostles and, and, and prophets up until 1990. No, no, they're not for today. They're not for today. But Holy Spirit introduced it differently. And so then after he induced, introduces, they are for today. He then, in about 2000, he begins to build a church, an ecclesia, on the basis of the apostles and prophets. Ephesians 2.20 says that. The, the ecclesia is built on the foundation of the apostles and the, the, the prophets. And there was a great reason behind that. And I remember, I remember teaching the ecclesia for some, uh, the first few times. It was like people looked at me like, what, what are you talking about? We've never heard of an ecclesia or uh, ecclesia uh, be, before. And was talking about a, a, a ruling and a reigning church. And we were given the definitions. Well, it influences culture. It influences laws. It influences governments. Um, and it's a ruling and, and reigning body. I remember we decided we're going to do a, an awakening and reformation tour. And we were traveling the nation and teaching the ecclesia. And... And we're trying to get people to understand what this really means. What does Jesus mean by the word church? And some famous pastors in our nation, they, they let us use their facility, but most of them didn't even come to hear it. They stayed away. And we said, what are we going to do? And I said, I think we should do what the early church did. And what was that? They bypassed the leaders of the church. And they went straight to the people. 
And I said, our assignment is to go straight to the people and preach the ecclesia. And then we did. We said, how is that going to work? We didn't see it. We had to, we had to walk it along. But Holy Spirit had an idea. I will bypass the filter of religion. And I'll give you a voice to speak to a half a million today if you want. I'll give you a word and it'll go to a million people and it won't be filtered out by religion. Wow. Well, then after we got that and uh, around 2010, he began to introduce angel armies. And he began to teach the angel armies are are here to help you in your government assignment, Ecclesia. They're here to battle alongside of you. They're, they're here to help you implement the principles and power of the living God to change culture, to change government, to face the adversaries. This wasn't something that had been done for 2,000 years. So what I'm talking to you about today, and I wanted to emphasize that, is that we're moving into a new time and a new era and we're going to be doing things some new ways. Holy Spirit's been redefining some things. Holy Spirit said, we're preparing to show the world the strength of King Jesus, the strength of Father God, the strength of the Lord of hosts. He's tired of his sons and daughters being bullied for surely soon. The strong arm of the Lord will be revealed, overpowering the forever loser and his kingdom, bringing devastating defeat through a functioning ecclesia. Functioning means activity and, and energy that is engage, engaged in its intended purpose. It's engaged in its intended purpose. It means to perform actions that are intended. In other words, we've been prepared to perform the action that is intended for a real church, for a real ecclesia, for the original purpose that God had in mind. We've been prepared to perform the activities intended. And that has now intensified. Then in June, July, and August, he accelerated all of this, saying, now go soak the nation in prayer, declaring what I've said about this nation. I want you to go and declare the original intent, restate the original intent, replant it, water it with my word for three months, water it, water it with the water of the word, water it at your capitals, water at the borders, water it at the schools, water it everywhere, pour out the water. Why? Because it's referring to the harvest rains. You, 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 you have the harvest rains come and you soak it, the, the harvest rains soak and soak and soak. Why? To bring it all to maturity, to ripen it all, to reap it. Pray the promises I made to the nation at its founding. Soak everything. Soak it, soak it, soak it, and soak it. Restate those promises everywhere. Restate them at your borders. Restate them. 
Restate them at your courthouses. Restate them everywhere. Restate them at highways and byways. Pray intently. Soak the land with my promise because hear what the picture, see the picture, because the preparation time, that will be preparation time and then it will end. It's time then for the shaking and the reset of the nation back to its covenant roots that I said would come. It's time, it's, it's the season, it's the time for you to now face bullies. It's now for you to take on the bullies. It's time for you now to confront the bullies. That's the season we are in this morning. It's time for my body to confront the bullies. The bullies will now face King Jesus and his true church. They will now face a functioning ecclesia. They will now face Christ's kingdom. They will now face remnant warriors who think different than the world thinks that we are or the way that we are. We are not intimidated. We are not weak. We are not insecure. We know that our God has pronounced us as called and purposed for this moment. We are not intimidated. We are, we are not meek little sheep. We are warriors. We're sons and daughters. We're not terrified. And they will not be, they will not be fearful. We are anointed bold warriors for such a time as this who refuse to be bullied, which means a collision is now about to take place. We're about to collide with the culture and its demons. We're about to collide with giants. We're about to take them out. This is an anointing that is coming upon the body of Christ, not just this one, all the ecclesias, all the remnant. After interpreting that, that prayer, in other tongues of Acts 4.29. Grant that great boldness would be poured upon us and let signs and wonders and, and miracles happen in Jesus' name. It was then like a, a download of prophetic understanding. It just kept coming. How Holy Spirit does that is amazing. I don't consider myself a prophet. I'm an apostle, but I do prophesy. And he began this download and he said this. Holy Spirit, continue with a bold voice. My ecclesia, my ecclesia. Well, now enter times when prophetic words intersect their moment in accelerated ways. Their promised assignments. And remember, I've taught you that Isaiah 55, 11 tells us that prophetic words have assignments embedded into them. They're infused. The assignments are infused into them that when we declare them with our faith, it won't, won't return void. They'll be accomplished. Their promised assignments are intersecting their fullness of times. They have come 
to their due season. Prophetic promises, dreams, and visions will now accelerate to fullness as my ecclesia connects to its prepared for moment. Clearly, this is that moment. Millions of prayers have now come to their moment. Millions of decrees. I've made several hundred, if not thousands myself. Decrees of faith coming to their moment. Promises made coming to their moment. Visions that have been given coming to their moment. Dreams that have been given coming to their moment. They're in their assigned moment. I have prayed that and prayed that and others have, have prayed it. Thousands of, of people are crying out and, and they're decreeing, activate, activate now. This is the season, Lord. Activate, activate every assignment. Activate every assignment in every capital. Activate them. Activate it. And now we are seeing the assignments embedded in prophetic words begin to uproot, tear down, and plant new, just like God said to Jeremiah in chapter 1, verse 8, 9, and 10. That word is now being breathed to the ecclesia today. This morning, that, that passage goes out to the ecclesia. We got to hear this message. It is a now message of Holy Spirit to us. Remember what Paul said to the Romans in, in uh, chapter 15 and verse 4. He said the, the Old Testament, it's, it's, it's for our learning. It's for our understanding. It's for us to have as well. Please hear these words today in this moment as coming from Father. As coming from the Godhead. As, as coming to the ecclesia. His voice coming. Jeremiah 8, or 1, verse 8. Hear this, Ecclesia. You have no reason to fear the people you speak to. For I am with you, and I will defend you. Wow. He's in a defense mode of his sons and daughters. I will touch your mouth and give you my divine message. God, touch our mouth. Touch us today, God, with a divine message. Like Jeremiah, like Isaiah, touch our mouth with a divine message. Look, I have placed my words in your mouth. You will know what to say. You will be my voice. Think about that. Think about that. You, you will be my voice. What a privilege. We speak for God on this planet. You'll be my voice in the king's name. This very day, I appoint you to speak with my authority over nations and kingdoms. If an Old Testament prophet was appointed to do that, how much more the heirs? How much more those that have been given the authority of the head of the church to his body? This very day I appoint you to speak with my authority over nations and kingdoms. Your word, 
Listen to this supernatural blending of God with man. This is amazing. Your word, my word, your word, my word, your word, my word will have the power to uproot and to stamp out. It will destroy and upend. Anoint us this day to destroy, to upend. And then your word, my word, will rebuild and plant anew. That's Isaiah 51 and verse 16. He's given us his word to plant the heavens, to lay the foundations of the earth. He's covered us with his hands to bring it forth. Here's the call. I command you. That command is so clear. Hear that command today, Ecclesia. That command is coming forth in this house. It's coming to this, this Ecclesia. It's coming to the Ecclesias of our nation and world. I command you, be my voice. Declare, declare my word boldly. My word, your word. My word, your word. My word, your word. It will uproot. It will destroy. It will upend. It will uproot iniquity. And it will plant new. Even a casual glance at our nation's current condition is alarming to say the least. We're being led by fools who choose to bully us. And God says, I'm tired of it. I don't want to be on the end of God being tired of anything. Principles once faithfully adhered to are now eroding through doctrines of secular humanism preached in our colleges. Thankfully, God is starting to send revival to the colleges. It's starting to happen more and more. Sadly, those principles have been eroded by a nominal church, a church in name only. We don't speak to them today. We've bypassed them. We leave that behind. As Dr. Martin Luther King said years ago, way past, way beyond his times for that time. What a great leader. I must now look to the true ecclesia. Yeah. We're crossing a bridge that leads to a very defining moment, the tipping point moment. September is the tipping point time. Defining moments are decided by who defines the moment. Obviously, the believers in Christ Jesus, you, the called ones, and I have just said, you are a called one. Your life is good. It's called. Yes, you have a natural life, but there's a calling. It's to be defined by believers in Christ, the true ecclesia. And it's being called by Holy Spirit to define this particular moment in history. It's expected by King Jesus that we define this moment, we must be his voice. We, we must be bold. We must be his voice on the planet. We cannot allow hell to define this moment. We, we can't allow the world to define the moment. 
We can't allow the prophets of Baal to define this moment. Primarily, the prophets of Baal have settled in the media and in the political realm and tenured professors, but primarily media and politicians. We cannot allow the media to define this moment. We, we cannot allow education to define this moment. We can't allow humanism to define this moment. We can't allow the crazy, crazy wokeness to define it. The church must rise in bold authority and define this moment. We must define some things and we must redefine some things according to the word of God. Our word, God's word. Our word, God's word. Our word must be God's word. Our word must be God's word. We cannot compromise. Our word, God's word. Our words, God's word. I read a, a statement the other day, thought was pretty good. One thing God left out of the Bible was, our, was room for our opinion. Our word, God's word. Our word, God. There's never been a moment in history when our word must be God's word. No compromise. None, 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 none. It's time for those committed to being Christ's church, those who are passionate, those that are resolute, they are faithful ones, the resolved ones, those who will not give up to it, seize revival and reformation. It's time for them to define this moment. And we can do it. We have authority to do it. But it will have to be our word, his word. Our word, his word. Here are these definitions. I've given them before, but hear them for this moment. The definition of a defining moment. Defining moments are times in which what is done will affect the future. Is there any doubt that what we are called to do will affect the future? And if it's conditional to our response, the king said, if we don't do it, what will the future be? It's going to affect the future. Be a defining moment is a moment that puts a life, an institution, an organization on a different path. America is on the wrong path. The world is on the wrong path. It's gone the wrong way. We've got to put it on a different path. path. Our word, God's word. Our word, God's word. See, a defining moment is a moment when conformity is challenged. There are times when the ecclesia says no. We're not going to do that. We won't conform. We're not going to do it. His word is our word. Our word is his word. No, we're not going to do that. That's against him. That's against his law. We don't agree. We will not conform. We won't bow. There's no conformity. Our word, his word. Our word, his word. We won't conform. Won't do it. Won't bow won't submit. We have one king and it's Jesus. Yeah, our word, his word. D, <clears throat> I guess I'm about done. <laughs> Defining moments are moments in which 
someone or a like-minded group of someones take the pen and with decisive authorship write the script for a new play. Is there any doubt that the ecclesia must take the pen, the authority that is given, and write the script for a new play? Our word, his word. The script, God says. The script, the word of the Lord says. The script, the scripture says. The scripture says, the principles of God, that's our script. Our word, his word. This September leads to a confrontation with the bullies. I heard that so clearly. It's time that we embrace it and that we speak with bold authority. It's, it's an assignment that our God gives to us and he is empowering us to win. So begin to pray bold prayers that bind bullies. Bind them. Forbid their work. Address them. Address them with your authority as a son or daughter of God. Address them, Ecclesia. Address them. Stand with those who are fighting the bullies. Make faith decrees that bind the, the bullies. You've soaked the region with your decrees. Now address the bullies. Speak to them. Command their defeat. Trust the supernatural help of God is now coming to deal with that. Trust the power from heaven is now being poured out. Bullies will be upended. Declare. Declare their strategies to be destroyed. Declare the upending of the bullies in Washington, D.C. or anywhere else. Trust the angel armies promised are assisting us in ways that have never been seen before and in numbers never seen before, trust bullies are now going to be shaken by the power of the living God. God promised. God has promised. Ecclesia, your word, my word, I'll shake bullies. I'll upend them. I'll destroy them. Trust reset is coming. Singers and musicians, come please. Stand, if you will. Lord, I pray for this assignment of this word today. Oh, it would reach beyond these, whatever level I was able to deliver it into a spiritual realm. Anoint us to battle the bullies now. Put your word in our mouth. Put boldness inside of us. May Thousands and thousands of your ecclesia, hundreds of ecclesia hubs, rise at this moment and begin to speak the authority of God against the camp of bullies, wherever they may be, commanding their defeat, commanding their efforts, be upended, pour out your spirit of boldness. May the angel armies assist us, just as you have said, I pray, God, that even from this, this morning forward, we thank you for what we've already seen, Lord, but, but we pray now that the ecclesia's voice, 
of our word with your word would be as Psalms 103 verse 20 declares words the angels hearken to set use those angel armies to set traps against bullies ambush them Ambush the bullies now, Lord. We declare what you have said to declare. Ambush those bullies. Upend their efforts. Just as you did for Jehoshaphat in days gone by. Ambush them. Let the angels ambush them. Let the seraphim take them head on. Let the government angels Assist these words to go into all of the nation and the world. Let the awakening angels carry it and reformation angels carry it. Let the call of the Godhead be heard resonating in the hearts of every single one that has called Jesus Lord. That calling that comes forth. This is your time. Declare what I say. Your word, my word. Anoint us with backbones of steel. Reveal your strong arm to this world. Father, reveal your strong arm. King Jesus, reveal your strong arm now. Holy Spirit, reveal your strong arm. Reveal the strength of the kingdom of God that you have established. Reveal the strength of your ecclesias. Reveal strategies to your functioning ecclesia that will now do as intended. Reign with you. Thank you, Lord, for taking up our cause. You have done it for your people throughout history. And now it's our turn. So we accept a calling this morning. We accept a call today, individually and corporately, to now, as we have done for three months, soaking the land with your promise, to now raise our voice of authority, your word, our word, our word, your word. And we will take on the assignment of commanding the defeat of bullies. We speak defeat to you. We speak confusion to you. You will be upended. Your slings will bring the rocks back at you. They will be ineffective because our God is standing on behalf of his ecclesia. Let the calling go forth, let it resonate in the hearts of every believer. Let apostles rise, let prophets rise and begin to lead the declaration of war against the adversary and his bullies. In Jesus' name. Lord, we receive the assignment today. We embrace, we embrace the assignment you just gave. We will confront the bullies. Our word, your word. As we have soaked the land, we will now confront the bullies with declarations of authority and power that tear them down, upend them, destroy their work against your kingdom. 
Help us to lead it, Lord. Help us to steward it. I thank you for those in our in our faith, Lord, that are making the stand today. I thank you for those like the apostles of old that first stated in nothing, terrified. No need, your God is with you. So we receive it, Lord, and I pray that you, Holy Spirit, will minister this word in all of our states and our nations. And let the ecclesia today embrace an assignment Holy Spirit gives. And we thank you in advance that the bullies are scattering. That you're taking the heads off giants. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. To you be the glory, the honor, the praise. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for allowing me to give you an assignment today. You wake up every day as a warrior and declare something. Declare the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen.